Good morning. It's good to be with you. Let me tell you what. Uh, I'm an intimidated man this morning. Not so much because of the size of the crowd. Uh, I get to preach in a lot of different places, and sometimes there may be 13 people there or 1,300 people there. But because I have to fill the pulpit of Don Pusick, uh, and that, brother, is intimidating. i got to tell you. Uh, your pastor is a man that I greatly, greatly admire and aspire to be like one of these days. And so if you love your pastor, we just give him a hand clap this morning. Come on. And I've had the opportunity this weekend, uh, I already knew Dustin was, was amazing and a good friend, and we used to go to church together a million years ago, and, uh, but can I just tell you that this huge, awesome group of teenagers, they love some Clegg family. Let me just tell you, these guys are rocking it, and the team that they have, well, students, if you love your student pastor and all your volunteers, will y'all just give them some love this morning? Come on. Hey, if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to the Gospel of Mark. We're going to be in chapter 2 this morning. We're going to kind of wrap up uh, what we've been talking about over the course of the weekend. Uh, I do need to bring you greetings on behalf of my boss, Dr. Sonny Tucker. Uh, I want to thank you, Wynn Baptist Church, for being uh, the, a church that gives through, not to, but through the cooperative program. And uh, because you do that, uh, I get to be one of your cooperative program missionaries on the campus of Arkansas Tech University. Uh, where three years ago today, uh, my wife and I were cleaning up our rent house in Batesville and preparing to move uh, to Russellville. So we've been there about three years. And in those three years, we've seen our group double in size. And we've seen literally hundreds of people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, last year, in the month of September 2017 alone, as I got to do things like this, preach at events and things, I saw over 100 people just in that month come to faith in Jesus. Can I tell you, God is moving in this generation. And so thank you, Wynn Baptist Church, for being the kind of church that invests in this type of event. Of, of event. So thank you very, very much. Hey, uh, once upon a time, I was at a rodeo. How many of y'all like rodeos, bull riding, calf roping, all that stuff? See, the students, y'all done been here, y'all know what's coming, but uh, I, was at a, I was at a bull riding event. Now, you, you're aware people do this. They get on the backs of bulls, and they ride them, and, uh, and I think those people have something wrong with them, but uh, nevertheless, that's cool and awesome, and I like to watch it. I'm a John Wayne fan, and all of God's people said, all right, all right, we're, on the same, we're the same people. I love it. Y'all is singular, all y'all is pearl, and all y'all is plural possessive, right? We're the same kind of folks. I love it. All right, so I'm at this event. And as you're at these bull riding events, what they do is they bring bigger, meaner, nastier bulls out as the night goes on. And so that way it keeps things entertaining. And so I'm watching this thing go on, and we're going down towards the end of the night. And some poor guy pulls a short straw, and he's got to ride the biggest, nastiest, most homicidal bull I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever seen a cartoon bull? You know where their horns pulsate and smoke comes out of the nose? That was this bull that I saw in real life. And I'm watching this thing. The guy gets, and if you ride a bull for eight seconds, you're successful. This guy gets on the back of this bull. They do whatever it is that it makes the bulls mad. They open the gate. The bull comes out, and 0.8 seconds later, this guy's flying through the air. It was awesome. All right, and it's kind of like, let's just be honest, sometimes we watch NASCAR for the wrecks, right? And I'm, I'm waiting for some guy to just go flying off and for some bull to just come eat his lunch, all right? And so I'm watching this thing go down, and the guy's flying through there. Here comes the bull. I'm going to kill you and all your relatives, and then it's awesome. And then he jumps out of the ring. The rodeo clown, he comes running over. He's like, hey, kill me instead. How many of y'all know a rodeo clown is a real man, all right? And so 
The rodeo clown, he can't even handle this bull. He dives out, and now we're no longer riding and watching the bulls, but the bull is sitting in this arena watching us. He has taken over the whole night. He's down there in the dirt, and he's waiting for anybody to dare come in there and try to get him. And so it's all fun and games until a guy's sitting in front of me. We're sitting easily this high. I mean, six foot off the ground, concrete wall, metal cattle gate on top of that. We're sitting in some metal bleachers. I'm telling you, LeBron James couldn't dunk a basketball where I was. I mean, I'm sitting pretty. And this guy sitting in front of me leans forward, sticks his thumbs in his ears, and goes... And at first, I'm like, yeah, man, after my own heart, man, you're kind of crazy. I like you. But then, hand on the Bible, people. Preacher of the word, I ain't going to lie to you on Sunday morning. This bull backs up as if to say, oh, yeah, big boy? And this bull comes running and jumps up. And to this day, I don't know how it happened, but all I know is a few seconds later, my life flashed before my eyes as this homicidal, crazy, probably demon-possessed bull is in the stands with me. Now, it was like the running of the bulls in Spain. It was crazy. I grew up in wind. My mama sitting right over here. She raised me right. I'm chivalrous, all right? My bride and I are fairly newlyweds at the time. You would have thought I would have said to my bride, hey, baby, stand behind your man. Uh-uh. No. Help me, Jesus! Even though I had just seen this bull fly, I assumed the bull couldn't climb stairs. So my... I started running up the stairs, and this bull, rather than eat me, decides, thank you, Jesus, to jump out into the parking lot where now there are still unsuspecting people arriving at this event. You got sweet little seven-year-old pigtails girls, mama on one side, daddy on the other, skipping, I'm going to the rodeo, and we're yelling, you're going to die! So now the cops pull their weapons, and they're about to bust a cap in the side of this bull. The guy who owns the bull runs and jumps in one motion, mind you, on the back of a horse with a lasso in hand like Gene Autry, and he's going after this bull. Lassos that bull, yanks it, and the bull falls right over on its side just before it becomes a piece of Swiss cheese. Craziest thing I ever seen in my life. I tell you that story because, well, it's just a fun story. <laughs> if you found your place in Mark chapter 2, <laughs> then I like y'all. Y'all are all right. If you don't mind, please stand as we honor the reading of the Word of God. All right. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Word of God says, When he had come back to Capernaum several days afterward, it was heard that he was at home. 
In the New King James, it says, it was heard and he was in the house. I like that. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their face, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. In the next 15 to 20 minutes that we have to be together, Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. God, I acknowledge that I need you. Your people gathered in your house, they need to hear a word from you, not from just another little boy that grew up and went. God, your word is powerful. And we want to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Y'all have a seat. All right, so students, this is for you. I've been talking to you all weekend about you, but now I'm going to talk to you about you gathered. You understand? Made a lot of input on you as individuals. This is you as a group. All right? This is how we kind of close this out. This is corporately. How do you apply the things we've talked about? Win Baptist Church at large. This is for you. These are things actually that I don't perceive as deficiencies in you. These are ways in which you excel. And, and I don't know if you know that you excel in these areas. So I want to come in and just say, hey, thank you for being this type of church. And there's three of them because I'm a preacher. And that's how we roll. Right? I say number one. Worship. It says, when he had come back to Capernaum several days afterward, it was heard that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. Did you know that when Jesus is in the house, people worship? That is our natural inclination as believers is to worship. But can I just say, I love worshiping you with, this, with you this morning. You know what I love about you is that this morning when a young man gets into the baptistry, there's some churches, we're going to baptize this young man. Amen. Y'all were whistling. Y'all were, woo! That's how a church ought to be when somebody says, I'm following through with believers baptism. Amen. Thank you for being that kind of church. I love it. I grew up all over the denominational spectrum. I've seen every different type of worship. And I admit that there's some kind of worship that gets way out here into excessive and it comes away from being worship and it becomes, by the way, the band's over here. I ain't pointing at y'all. That's just on the, that's felt weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love you. Y'all are awesome. Y'all are the good kind, not the bad guy. But way over here on this side. And it becomes more about me and the show and not so much about Jesus. I know that that's the case. But when I look in God's word, I see a couple of different examples of worship. I see where David, upon the occasion of the ark coming back into Jerusalem, and he's out there, and this brother is dancing. And his wife, Michal, that's a fun word to say, like you got some popcorn stuck in your throat. Michal. She thinks that's a little undignified, doesn't she, preacher? She, I can't believe you're the king. You're out here dancing and everything. But he was dancing out of excitement about the presence of God. And that's how we ought to be. And sometimes that's appropriate. But I also read where John, the beloved disciple, Jesus' BFF while he walked this earth, if you will, 
He's in heaven now seeing the glorified Jesus in the book of Revelation. And it says he fell down at his feet like a dead man. And that is appropriate at times. And so students in church, you know why this place is packed this morning? I promise you it ain't because of me. I'm just grateful y'all didn't stay home this morning because of me, okay? It's not even because of how good these guys are and y'all know them well. Y'all are here because Jesus is here. And that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. And when the community sees a church that's alive for Jesus and has, as we talked about this morning, a freedom to just sincerely worship, that speaks volumes. People don't want to know about your orthodoxy and how much you think and know. They want to know, is he real? Do you really know him? And when Baptist is the kind of church preacher, God bless you, that knows Jesus. Thank you for being that kind of church. Students, you're going to reach your campuses by being the, the student body that knows Jesus. Number two, everybody say number two. That was good. And he was speaking the word to them. Jesus, the living word, was speaking the written word to them. That must have been some kind of good. Don't you know that must have been some kind of good. I love that he was speaking the word because, you know, Jesus, he could walk on water. Did y'all know this? Let me tell you, if I could walk on water, I would preach every sermon from a pool. <laughs> I tell you, I work on a college campus. I would call out every skeptical professor, and I would say, you meet me down at the pool, and we'll have some church service, and we'll have a debate. You walk out here on the water, and you tell me I'm wrong, and you're right. Did you know Jesus could raise the dead? You're talking about a choir? Come on. I just go through the graveyard. You're in the choir. You're a tenor. Oh, you come on up out. The whole thing is people that was once dead. How many of you know people are going to believe when a bunch of dead people now alive singing? But Jesus wasn't into gimmicks. Jesus had something more powerful. Jesus preached the word. And I'm so, so glad that Wim Baptist is a place where the word of God is preached. The third thing, everybody say three. The procrastinators in the room. That's me too. We together. Being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. They were motivated to get their friends to Jesus. So it's the worship, it's the word, and the third one is the welcome mat. The welcome mat. I love this. Can you imagine this scenario for just a minute? Now, we're here in America in the 21st century in a nice, probably expensive facility. Now, we got holes in the roof, but those probably have functional purposes of some kind. I don't know. I'm not an architect. It looks cool. But can you imagine being in a worship service and all of a sudden something hits you in the shoulder? What in the world? And then a bigger piece hits you, and then a chunk falls, and now you're dodging because some joker's up there on the roof cutting a hole with a chain. Can you imagine this? I know how we would handle it. I didn't vote on that.
We're going to have to put a committee together. Decide what color the patch is going to be. We're having fun, aren't we? But these people didn't care. They were motivated to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. And you may or may not know somebody that's paralyzed personally, but can I tell you that sin can paralyze. There are people all over this area in Cross County who are paralyzed by sin. And they can't get out of it. It's got a hold of them. But these people knew if they could get their friend to Jesus, Jesus could make a difference. So this is what I do know for certain about Wim Baptist Church. And this is something that I am eternally grateful for. You are a people that will bring people to Jesus. A couple of examples from my own life. When I was about 18 years old, Y'all ever get that, um, like, smacky lip thing going on? Yeah. When I was about 18 years old, um, I was a senior at Wynn High School, and I heard about this camp from some of your students called Super Summer Arkansas. And I wanted to go, but I didn't know. We probably had the money to go, but I didn't know if we had the money to go. And I honestly was kind of, I didn't want to ask for the money to go. It was a couple, few hundred dollars just for a week, you know. And, and so uh, I came to John Caddy. And uh, who was your student pastor at the time. Y'all remember him. And I told him, I said, man, John, I'd really like to go to this. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, Brad. He said, we got some folks in our church that's got some just extra money. They just they throw it in your direction. I said, well, I'll take that. Come on. And so you all, somebody here, probably no doubt, in this room, and you didn't even know me, and I didn't even still know who you are, but God knows. But you invested in me. And I went to camp, and God worked in my life. And, and it's part of, a, a, if I look back on my past, a path that took me towards where I'm at today. You just never know these little investments that you make, how far they're going to go in a person's life. When I was wrestling with a call to ministry, I was home. I was living in Illinois at the time, and, and, I, and I came home, and, and my mother-in-law, Miss Pam Glover over here, y'all don't judge her for that, okay? Y'all still like her, even if she has to put up with me, all right? She said, why don't you go talk to Brother Archie? Brother Archie was here at the time. And I said, all right, that's, that's good. So I came up, and, and uh, I didn't have an appointment. And, and I went into the offices over here, and, and I said, hey, I'm here to see Brother Archie. And the lady said, well, you know, do you have an appointment? I said, well, no, I don't, but it would be really great if I could see him. And she said, well, hold on, let me see. So she picked up a phone and called somebody else, and they asked somebody. And, I, I mean, it was a pretty big operation. And I, a couple minutes go by, and, they, well, he can't see today. And I was, well, Okay. I was a little downtrodden, and I began to walk out, and, well, God, I really kind of needed some answers today, you know, and before I could get out, there's a, there's a door in the hallway over here that somehow connects to the inner sanctum of the office area, and Brother, off, brother, brother Archie almost knocked that door down trying to get out to see me. He said, look, I can see you. I, well, they said, well, no, 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 I've got time. So we sat down right there in this hallway right over here, and for about an hour to an hour and a half, he invested time in me and helped me work out this call towards ministry. That's part of what you've been a part of. You didn't even know that. But I, but I thank you for that. The greatest thing that I was ever blessed with was I moved into a new neighborhood, 
in junior high school. And in this new neighborhood, I had a friend named Dustin, and down at the end of the, end of the block, Dustin Fazell was his name, not this Dustin, another Dustin. And he said, man, you've got to see this girl that lives on our block. Girl named Paige. Woo, buddy. And I said, come on, Paige. And uh, a couple, couple weeks went by before I, before I saw her. Uh, but I remember the first time I saw her, she was walking out to the mailbox, and I was walking down to play a little yard football with my buddy. And, and, and it was like time stood still. It was like everything slowed down. It was like I could hear angels singing. <laughs> this magic moment. Now, I don't believe that you fall in love. I believe that you fall in ditches. I believe that you grow to love someone. But I promise you, the first time that I saw Paige, it, something in this area told me that this wasn't just another pretty face. Now, this was in junior high school, and my mama, God bless her, called Paige's mama, God bless her, and said, uh, do you think, because Paige was two years older, all right? She was a sophomore, I was in eighth grade, said, you think that uh, Paige could bring Brad to school every morning and, and bring him home every afternoon? <laughs> and I said, there is a God, hallelujah. <laughs> and so for the next two years, every morning she brings me to school, every afternoon she brings me home and we stop by on occasion Sonic and get us a little Sonic drink and have a few more precious moments with her. And I remember after I graduated high school she was home for the summer from University of Central Arkansas and um, I called her up I said how you doing? You want to come watch Sister Act 2 with me? Oh, happy day. <laughs> and in a momentary lapse of good judgment, she said yes. And we began to hang out. And now you have to understand, where's, is Amanda Vance here? Come on, right up top. Y'all know her. She sings in the choir. She cared about me. Amanda did. She was friends. I was friends with her little brother, Eric, real good friends. And, and she knew that I was head over heels for Paige, just crazy about her. I had a Paige scale, y'all. Every girl that I dated was like graded on the page scale, okay? And so Amanda, knowing, looking out for me, she called me, and in her loving generosity, she said, Brad, you just need to know that, that, that she's just in this for the summer. And I was like, come on, Amanda, you just broke my heart. Why are you going to say that? To no, I'm just kidding. But later that summer, Paige calls me up. She says, hey, uh, Brad, we got to talk. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. She said, yeah, I just, uh, well, uh, I don't know how to say this, but... Uh, I love you. Come on. <laughs> and so immediately, I changed my plans from ASU to UCA. Amen? <laughs> and I proceeded to follow this young lady to two different schools. And on New Year's Eve of 2003, I had saved up my meager Delta money and got down on one knee and asked her to marry me. And by the grace of Jesus himself, she said yes. And y'all, we've been married for 13 years. Isn't that good right there? Man, God is good. Come on. Yes, that's a hand clap moment. <laughs> we just saw a miracle right there. That's why we're clapping. I love it. 
We were told early on we would never have kids. And I know a lot of us have dealt with that. And, and uh, I remember my wife, she said, Brad, she said, if God wants us to have kids, we're going to have kids. And I know that's simplistic, but I believed her. And I know it doesn't always work out that way, but there's adoption and other things. But somehow, y'all, I'm telling you, in the miracle of God, we got three children sitting down here. I just want you to know that, man. That's awesome. Well, one's in the nursery back there, you know, being good, well taken care of. But why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you all this because I like to brag on what God's done in my life. And when God does something in your life, we talk about it to others. And that's where the welcome mat comes in. Because people want to know, where do I go to church? Do I go to church? Everybody down there is hypocrites, this and that. But, you know, there's hypocrites at Walmart. People still shop. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole lot of dentists that are hypocrites, but praise God, people still getting their teeth worked on, you know what I'm saying? This is a great church. And you all have impacted me. And so I just wanted to say thank you for allowing me to be an impact on your students this weekend. We saw nine students born again Friday night, y'all. That is so good. Last, uh, last night, I think there was two students that came forward or to the side, actually, and talked about how God may be calling them out to specific vocational ministry type of service. I'm just saying God continues to use this church, and I'm so glad and so grateful that y'all let me be a part of this weekend.